0: Hi, I'm Casey. You're listening to You Heard Me Right, a podcast that brings people together through creativity, collaboration and colorful conversation. On today's episode, we'll meet three artists willing to face life's challenging surprises head on, be they deeply emotional or weather related. To recap how the show works, we give a writer a theme and they have two weeks to let that topic inspire a creative written response. That written piece is then given to two different audio artists who interpret the story using sound. After that, we all come together and discuss the creation process and the world we live in. The topic for today's episode is... Crush. I'm sure this won't be really, really triggering or anything like that. So please come back and join us right after this quick break. Our guest writer, Elizabeth, was given complete freedom to interpret the theme crush in any way that she wanted. Here's a little more insight into her creative journey.
1: My name is Elizabeth Jarrett, and I tell people that I'm in the business of space. I am very much interested in physical space and how people move through it. Um, A lot of that is through either designing a set for an event or a theatrical piece or television, or it can be something more narrative-driven, creating a story that an audience is going to move through. Uh, So when I got the topic, the word crush, the first thought that popped into my head was, of course I get this topic. (laughs) Because I am susceptible to the crush, I would say. (laughs) And I think for a lot of people, we see this one idea of crush, right? And it's uh, shown to us in television or movies or in books. And it's sort of this idealized version. But I was really interested in showing something that was a little more vulnerable and a little more true, um, at least for me. Uh, I took it as an opportunity to write about something that I've been putting off writing about, which was sort of what happens when the crush sort of not uh, reciprocated. And now Elizabeth will read her short story entitled St. Jordi's Day. I found the scattered paper along a Barcelona beach one April, their hue of parchment camouflaging their shape against the sand. On any other day, these pages, divorced from their binding, would make their way into the closest trash receptacle or, ignored, blow into the sea where fish would try to decipher them, but give up, unable to put the pages back in order. Fish don't do well with numbers. It was St. Geordi Day. In Catalonian tradition, sanguine women present their desired companion with a book. Vendors line the streets as lovers carefully select a symbol of their devotion, borrowing someone else's words to write their love story. My eyes scan the shoreline for any sign of the book's assassin. I try to imagine the moments before I arrived, a heartbroken body tearing at a once-cherished gift, now a weapon. It felt serendipitous that I had found these pages. I didn't want their story to end this way, so... I put them in the back of my journal to present to my own crush. David didn't live in the same state as me. I remember a year into our friendship when he showed up unannounced to my apartment in a gray rental car I didn't recognize. It was the most romantic thing anyone had ever done for me. I practiced my declaration of love in the shower, a bar of soap my confidant. It listened as I rehearsed Academy Award-winning monologues so beautifully composed that the water applauded as it hit the shower floor. We were friends. I wanted more. St. Jordy's pages in hand, I told him. He didn't wait for me to finish, as the soap had. He threw out a mess of compliments and then, but... The shower hadn't prepared me for, but... We lingered there a moment. The pages slipped from my hand and drifted lazily towards the earth. What are those? he asked. Nothing, I said.
0: Did that story remind anyone else of the imaginary relationship that you're currently having with your crush? Because, um, that's definitely not what it reminded me of either. (laughs) Um, here is the first of our audio artists, Nicolette. My
2: name is Nicolette Emmanuel. I am a multi-instrumentalist, and I also teach and perform aerial arts. Um, I have a small black cat at home named Makuro, who I adore. (laughs) Um, As far as the theme crush goes, honestly, the first thing that pops in my head is the soda. (laughs) Um, so in my head, like, I see these bright colors, but I also hear these, these sounds of, like, acorns and, and leaves being crushed.
0: Nicolette's musical composition is called A Thousand Moments. Okay, no, seriously, how does she just accurately underscore one of the many imaginary dream dates that me and my crush have on the reg? I mean, not that. Go cool. take it away.
3: Hi, my name is Gokul Parsharam, and I am Hallucinogerks. And uh, Hallucinadrix is a, a sort of an electronic music project that I do, and uh, it can cover the range of Baroque pop to art rock to uh, electronic rock to uh, noise and glitch and those are all areas of opportunity that i explore in hallucinatrix people say that all the types of songs you know that uh, you know that could happen have already been written but that's nonsense um that will never ever ever be the case every single new person that is born is an infinite number of songs waiting to be written that is my that is my truth um i thought the best way i could honor the writer was by having a true and complete personal response to her piece. Um, And so instead of trying to do something that like recreated um, or paid homage, uh, you know, specifically to different aspects of her work, I tried to be very true to what her work made me think about in terms of my life, in terms of the things I wanted. And I acted in accordance with those, with those thoughts.
0: Please enjoy Goku's response, a song entitled, What?
3: Tell me the time has come, I'll ask for what? Time is your compass but am I not your heart? Compass is turning and it's telling me to sit, sit Sit. Surrounded by the clocks, listen as they tick
0: Each of these pieces has me so far in my feelings that I think it's a good time to take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I have pulled myself together and you have just heard all of the amazing work that was inspired by the theme, Crush. This is a mini season one spoiler, but... All of the group interviews for You Heard Me Right were recorded outdoors, except for the one that you are about to hear. About an hour before our group session was about to start, the clouds came rolling in and we had to move our setup indoors. Now, the safety of our guests and crew was still always the priority, and we were not messing around when it came to COVID safety protocol. So. We set up our two sound artists in separate rooms inside of, I guess you could call it the actual tree house. And our writer, Elizabeth, joined us via Zoom. If 2020 taught us anything, it was how to deal with a change of plans with grace and how to figure out ways to stay connected no matter what. Here's how it all went down. Okay, y'all, it looks like we have everyone plugged in. Elizabeth, thank you for standing by via the Zoom. We can all see you. Great, great.
3: Hi. Didn't (laughs) see you there. Oh, are you, are you Nicolette? I am. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: oh, yeah. Nicolette and Gokul, y'all have been in the same house together the whole time. Sorry if we didn't make that apparent before we streamed your audio responses <laughs> for Elizabeth. But, um, yeah, since we just did that and we are all now acquainted, um, Elizabeth, why don't you kick off the convo? Like, what, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts on what you've just heard?
1: Oh, um... I, I was excited by it. Um, it's really interesting to uh, sort of experience how two different people interpret um, something that you created. So to me, even though the piece was short, um, I felt like it had a couple of different tone shifts to it. So yeah, it's nice to see sort of those multitudes within the piece sort of realized through sound by two different individuals. Uh, I love them both <laughs> and I will say to you that um, I like I would bop to both of these songs on a regular basis and uh, yeah there's such a musicality art to both of them which I don't know if I expected like I I I think when you think of sound design there is a million different ways that it can go um, but I love uh all of the instrumentation in both of the pieces and even though they are very different they uh a similarity to them as well.
2: Uh first off, thank you so much. It was so much fun to read and I loved the sound cues that were already placed in there. Like there were torn pages and my favorite part by far um that I kept telling I was like I thought it was so cool the way you described this monologue in the shower and the sound of the water sounding like applause. Um, so much so that I recorded shower. <laughs> I recorded my shower. <laughs> um, and that's one of the samples that you hear in the piece is uh, is chopped up shower noise. And there's also um, paper tearing. Um,
1: yes, I love that. <laughs> it's cool too because I like to me, I was thinking that the sound of paper tearing sound and the sound of waves were very similar. Um, so, you know, finding these like papers on the beach and like having that sound of paper matched with the sound of water. Uh, yeah, that, that is sort of what I was imagining when I was writing it. So I love that you picked up on that.
3: So, uh, re- reading the piece, which was, which was beautiful. Um, so, uh, some of the things that I, I I I didn't I tried to turn my mind off a little bit when I was when I was writing this song. Uh, I, it, it was a difficult decision for me to decide whether I was going to write something that had a uh, you know actual singing in it or not. But uh, it, it was an easy conclusion I think uh, eventually because I realized that that you know hope and love is a very human thing the way I see it, and uh, I, I I felt like the human voice would just be a, a really great uh, you know aid to the song. Um, and uh, I think I, I I just read the the piece over and over again a lot, and I thought about um, how so a lot a lot of the you know the the writing you know I- involved um, I guess reused words of love that transcended you know uh, any particular moment in time that were you know going you know going to be used as one person's you know hope in their you know declaration of love to somebody else and um, and. I think yeah the the theme of uh, of 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 hope and of time and and I guess of inevitable disappointment um were were things that m- m- motivated my my choice of the samples and of the words um and uh also I I guess the idea that the 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 main character was kind of timid the whole time a little bit I would describe <laughs> I I don't know if that's fair but like you know timid in in, in like uh the way that you know uh, timid in in adopting this love language to to declare love to somebody uh, that uh, that timidness I think also plays a role in in the overall tone of my of my work uh, I enjoyed the piece very much thank you
1: thank you yeah it's interesting to hear uh, that association with time in your piece um, I thought that was really interesting because to me that was like a new lens to sort of look at my piece through um, this sort of like passage of time and um, sort of more about the journey, right? So it was really interesting to hear uh, sort of the repetition that you used in your piece to specifically like uh, talk about time. And there's like sort of like this beautiful uh, rhythm to, using some of those words over and over again and like the, um, almost like an onomatopoeia of like that word tick, you know? Um, And it's also interesting that you picked up on the theme of hope because (laughs) I was worried that uh, the pieces would, or like the interpretation might be kind of somber and sad because of the sort of, inevitability of this disappointment at the end, like you said, which I guess isn't always inevitable, right? Like that's sort of what the nature of relationships are. So, uh, but yeah, the, the fact that there is sort of a hope that comes from, uh, um, this like realization or like, uh, uh, speaking your truth at the end. And like, you know, at the end of things, in the grand scheme of things, you like know how other people feel. And that is, uh, that it either allows you to, like, move in a different direction or, you know, to sort of come to terms with that as you need to, as opposed to, like, living in this sort of timid limbo, right? I feel like, and this piece,
2: to me, was such a direct reflection because um, I felt like the piece existed after the word but, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> she, she hears but, and and I feel like an eternity can take place there and there's so many emotions built up in there and you know we were talking about hope um, and anticipation and there is a lot of hope and anticipation like there's hope that things can resume some form of normalcy um, there's a fear of disappointment uh, there's so many different types of emotions that in a way kind of resemble like that crush like the the rush and the 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 it taking over your mind and the focus and um so i've just been trying to be present in the moment when things are good
3: um regarding uncertainty in my life um i think i cope with it in two ways uh either i find myself looking at the time a whole lot in order to measure every single aspect of my life or I succumb to complete utter paralysis and don't. Um, and, and either of the two happen and, uh, whichever, uh, you know, I end up doing, I allow, I, I've been allowing myself to just do.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I've often described this moment, uh, for myself right now, um, as being in a waiting room, um, where you're sort of in this like space of being in between one thing and another thing. Um, so yeah, I, I feel, I still feel that way. I feel like at this point, um, in this part of the metaphor, I have now stood up and am pacing back and forth, uh, you know, um, my anxiety is sort of kicking in and, 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 you know, feeling sort of what's next. And, you know, before I, I, I feel like that's sort of the way we, we quantify things right now, uh, is like the before and the present. So before, um, there was definitely one trajectory I felt that I was on and I was really excited about, um, sort of where my decisions and my work and my life was taking me and, um, yeah and then that changed abruptly uh because i wasn't able to do a lot of those things that um i had set up to then open more doors for me to walk through and uh yeah so i kind of got stuck
3: i feel completely alienated from virtually (laughs) everyone i know like more than i have at any point in 2020. um something i was thinking about actually as i was on the way here i was thinking to myself like what what, uh, you know, is a way that I would for myself, like describe my artistic output, like just for myself. Cause people always ask you what you sound like or what your writing's like or, or whatever. And I guess like something that I kind of said to myself was, I think that once somebody feels like a void in their life, it, another person mysteriously just feels the same void, um, uh, without even knowing that, that, that they were feeling it. And, and I guess, uh, uh, I guess, to me, that's a way in which I, uh, you know, dip into and dip out of the collective consciousness, particularly within the scope of my artistic uh, output.
2: I would always make the case that our personalities are a sum of things that we have borrowed, stolen, stolen and collected from other people. Like we might hear a funny way that somebody says something. So you start saying it like it's in our language, it's in the way we dress like ever since we were little babies, (laughs) comes from society, from our families, Um, but yeah.
3: Oh, I had something to ask you about that. Are you open to the idea that um, in addition to what you said, it is a sum of all those things, plus something unique to you that is inside of you that is not inside of anybody else. Would you agree or disagree with that?
2: Oh. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. almost like a nature versus nurture question. Um, I think that we are unique in the way that we put together those things, for sure. Um, There's a certain... Because of all of our experiences and and everything that we have, our toolkit is going to be slightly different than than everyone else's, right? So the way that we combine things will be unique. And I feel like the more extraordinary or different I've noticed with people and their experiences Then the more unique they're able to put things back together for their own Mm -hmm. self-expression.
1: When I create something, uh, it's important to me to share it with other people and then be open to whatever I've created changing when it sort of shifts through the lens of somebody else. You know, I I have one mode of storytelling, which I do for myself and I keep private. But if I'm creating something to share, I am sharing that knowing that it is sort of going into what we were talking about before. Right. This like uh, collective unconsciousness or it's going into the world to then sort of become something else or inspire somebody or, um, you know, shift somebody's perspective or to help them get to know me better.
3: That is a struggle for me. Um, and it's one, because I care a lot and two, because I, 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 I need to res- do a better job respecting the validity of my own experiences.
2: Um, I love hearing your answers. They're, they're, in, it's an interesting take that I don't normally get to hear. So thank you. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, I, I think I just seek to love what I create, and so as long as I love it and put it out there, I'm okay when someone else doesn't like it or doesn't. are when they're not receptive to it. But really, it was finding that love and confidence in my own work when putting it out and and understanding context, because um, I've definitely performed before for an audience where they weren't receptive, um, and it was. in my mind it was because you know it was this very like joyful event and my stuff can be kind of a downer (laughs) but yeah it's just that that self-love of your work and I also love collaborative efforts and I love working with other people and because I have the things that I do on my own that I like and it's just 100% me um, I feel like I I'm able to make a better collaborator because of that, because it's easier for me to to let go. It's easier for me to kind of like let it shift and transform because somebody else's eyes are on it. This is an existential episode right here.
3: We took it to some spiritual level.
0: Those three chatting was like the rainbow at the end of the storm. Tune in for the next episode of You Heard Me Right, where a copywriter, composer, and sound designer face a very difficult decision. We'll hear you later. You Heard Me Right is a Spotify Sound Up Original Series and was workshopped as part of the Sound Up Accelerator program at Spotify headquarters in New York City. From Could Be Pretty Cool Productions, this episode was produced and edited by Casey Willis with help from Cooper Skinner and Jacob McCoy. Mixing and sound design by Cooper Skinner. Our executive producers are Casey Willis, Cooper Skinner, and Lexi McKay. Our writer and story editor is Caroline Baxter, And our production accountant is Simone Brown. Special thanks to Greg at Listen Up Audio, Kanye Willis, Remy, and Bema. From Spotify, executive producers Gina Delvac, Baron Farmer, Natalie Taluk, and Jane Zumwalt. For more information about today's guest artists, visit us at herdrightpod.com or follow us on IG at HerdRightPod. Thanks for listening.